Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and once again, we have the whole staff here, Billy Embody, Sonny Ship, Shay Dixon, and myself, Matthew Bruni. Um, and in case y'all didn't know, Brian Kelly is the new head coach at LSU. A massive, massive shift in the college football landscape. We knew Scott Woodward was going to go big, big game hunting. And lo and behold, even after Lincoln Riley, the, you know, said that he was not going to be the head coach at LSU, which we kind of assumed going into it. Shay and I have a lengthy podcast on that from last week, so go check that out if you haven't already, because um, a lot of those points are still interesting looking back at them. But it didn't matter. Scott Woodward goes and gets Brian Kelly, one of the winningest coaches in, in college football history, and I believe has the most wins right now of an active head coach. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about our reaction to it and all that good stuff. Um, if you're on YouTube, feel free to subscribe, leave us a like, comment, share it, um, all that good stuff. If you're on a podcast, we appreciate you for listening as well. All right, let's go around. Let's silence our phones, Shay, um, just like the, the Orgeron press conference. or Was it an Orgeron presser? I think it was. Um, and I want to start with Billy and Sonny because, like I said, Shay and I did a podcast last week talking about the whole Riley situation, the lead up to it and everything. But Starting starting with you, Billy, where did you feel like LSU was at before yesterday? I mean, because there was the whole Riley situation, just the whole uncertainty. What was your feeling as the whole process was unfolding? Well, I think the one thing that we reiterated a few times on the board was that Brian Kelly wanted a big name. Most people Brian you talked Kelly wanted with a big name? Kind, kind of felt like it was uh, uh, going to be somebody that you know, was going to be hired relatively quickly after the season uh, just because he had all this time to make this hire. He had the, the his ducks in a row. That was kind of the prevailing thought for most people. And, of course, there were qualifiers like, well, this coach could be in a conference championship game or what if they make the playoff? But in the end, it didn't matter. You know, that was the thing that, you know, we found out is that LSU ultimately had Brian Kelly lined up uh, with with you know, this massive contract and kudos to Scott Woodward and whether this quite honestly came together in a way really quickly or Scott Woodward knew something early on in the search. We're not going to know until we hear from Scott himself. And in, in my opinion, from what it seems like, at least, you know, Brian Kelly was even in home with with a recruit on uh, Monday night when the news broke uh, that he was going to be the next head coach at LSU. And so, from my vantage point, we saw the reports of Lincoln Riley. We saw, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher had been floated. We'd seen all these different names kind of pop up. And Brian Kelly was the one kind of out of left field uh, that no one, even bet online uh, in terms of the odds, didn't even have him listed as the LSU, as an LSU candidate uh, for the odds uh, that people could throw some money down on. And that kind of reiterates what we kind of knew about Scott Woodward is that he can go big game hunting. Uh, and for the most part, he can do it quietly and he can do it without anybody really finding out. And he kept his circle so tight. And so for us, I think we 
handled it in that in that respect that look he's not telling anyone he what you know there were rumors last week of oh you know it's leaking out it's lincoln riley there's a meeting this date and uh there's gonna be uh, an announcement coming on on monday or um you know depends on if they lose in in bedlam or, or what have you and you know everybody was chasing the idea that lsu would make a hire right after the season that was true uh, we knew they were going to spend a good bit of money. That's true. Ten years, ninety-five million, going to push over a hundred million with incentives, uh, and ultimately it was a big name and and just about as big of a name as you could get uh, on the coaching carousel. And Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, and uh, it happened right at the end of the season, which is something that, for the most part, we felt like Scott Woodward Woodward would be able to navigate, manage, and and get done. Yeah, Sonny, what what did you see, and how would you kind of put everything in perspective from the the coaching search um, overall? Well, you know, in, in the very beginning, and I go back to when we, uh, you know, when, when we were trying to, uh, you know, when we were assembling our first hot board and uh, you know, there were, there were a group of coaches that, you know, I considered that I thought were unattainable. Those being Nick Saban for obvious reasons Dabo Sweeney, which I think for obvious reasons as well. Jim Harbaugh, he's at the place that he, you know, that he loved, that he played at. Ryan Day, and then Brian Kelly. I put Brian Kelly in that in that uh, in that category because all of his coaching experience had been in the Midwest. He was a Massachusetts native, um, and never really had whenever his whenever big jobs in the southeast, you know, even in the southwest came up, his name got mentioned a little bit, but not much. And so I think that led many, including myself, to believe that okay, this is a Midwesterner who's probably gonna always spend his time up in the Midwest. He's 60 years old, the winningest coach. In uh, you know, which I consider one of the the most iconic, um, you know, one of the most iconic institutions in America, a storied football program. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won more games than Newt Rockney. We all know how you know synonymous that name is in Notre Dame circles. So when I looked at all of that stuff together, you know, in my mind, I was like, man, there's no way this guy's going to want to, you know, that he's going to want to leave. Well, when you start tossing around, you know, I've seen, you know, some people toss around, you know, $15 million figure. That's what LSU shelled out. Well, in the in the release that came out, we saw that it was a 10-year, $9.5 million deal. So it's not like it's not like LSU threw this crazy amount of money adding that, you know, no one else was willing to pay. I mean, hell, Michigan State just ponied up $9.5 million for Mel Tucker, who had a losing record going into this season so you know in hindsight I look back and I'm like man I sure wish I'd had Brian Kelly on that initial hot board but then at the same time who did you know who did have him out there I mean I I just thought it was such such a long shot you know and uh you know as far as like how Billy touched on how we covered and stuff you know the one thing that I'm really that I'm glad and that I'm proud of the way we covered it is we were okay with not knowing. Yeah. We were okay with knowing we were not going to know either. And I think I I, I think some in the media could not accept that. And uh, 
you know, I, I guess that, you know, we've got a lot of experience between, you know, the staff as a whole on this mm-hmm. site. We've been doing it for a while. And, and, and I think we really I, I'm proud of the way that we kind of that we shared information and that we ran things by others. You know, I know for a morning buzz I had written up, you know, I was like, hey, Shay, take a look at this and stuff. And, you know, and just kind of to try to corroborate. Yeah, I guess what we didn't know, if that makes sense. And so, you know, in high in hindsight, the uh, you know, I'm glad it's over. Now we can start focusing on recruiting. But uh, what a ride. Yeah. What a wild ride. Shay, um, we can start going around and giving our initial takes on the hire, what we think, all that good stuff. Um, obviously, since we last did the Lincoln Riley podcast, uh, a lot's changed. I'm sure this was obviously in the works more than just the past few days. Uh, but what do you think about the hire, how it played out, and just how Woodward kind of handled it? Well, clearly they kept things quiet, um, and we'll never know how far along they really got with Lincoln. Um, but regardless, I mean, whether you put together Brian Kelly over a month and a half or you put him together in 24 hours, it comes out as a good hire. I mean, the the results are there. He's had five straight 10-plus win seasons at Notre Dame. You know he's done it at a blue blood. And probably from the start, and I said this yesterday, we should have just had Brian Kelly on the list because when you look at what – if Woodward was big game hunting and he's known as going after people who are proven and all of this stuff, well – Brian Kelly's resume stacks up with the best of the best. And uh, at 61 years old, some people are saying, oh, well, that seems a little old. And, and maybe, you know, it, it, it maybe it is. But he's had a real way of surrounding himself with really good coordinators. He's had a good way of surrounding himself with good staff members and notably younger. And I think they probably carry a lot of the, the weight in recruiting, a lot of the weight in terms of um, keeping their position groups together and, and not having guys, you know, come in and within a year transfer and out. Um, I think stability is probably something Woodward liked here. Uh, it seems that Kelly's known for that with the programs he inherits, takes over and, and then builds on from there. We saw him do it at Cincinnati uh, right away. And then he's done that obviously at, at Notre Dame for uh, more than a decade. So it's not a surprising name uh, that Woodward ultimately landed here. I mean, it matches when you're, trotting him out at a press conference and saying he's the winningest coach in college football right now across all divisions. If you're dating back to his D two wins and then behind Saban, he's the got the best win percentage of any head coach that's been around for the past 15 plus years. So the combination of veteran experience, the combination of winning percentage being right there behind Saban, that's all stuff you can sell to a fan base. So, People will say, I don't know about the fit. You know, he's never been out of the Midwest. He's never been down uh, in the South. He's never recruited down here. All that's. And we'll see how all pans out. But the reality, too, it's one years old. He left a cush job with a blue blood to go into the SEC that's expanding right now and compete in the SEC West. That tells me that uh, he's still got some goals and aspirations in mind of, of what he wants to put on his final resume. And and being in a school like LSU is part of that. Yeah, that was honestly the main thing for me is the the one reason LSU fans should be excited because this guy clearly chose to come here and wanted to come here. And it was a situation where I can start to understand now why Billy Napier wasn't considered, why other names that maybe we thought should have been considered or a lot of fans should thought should have been considered weren't considered. And it comes down to, Scott Woodward was never going to take anything less than a big name. 
There was no chance in that. And to me, it's like, I, I just thought of this analogy when I was, you know, writing up stuff. I was like, it's like when you go, it's like when you have uh, a computer and it's been working fine. And then, you know, at the end of its life, it's like not really running that well. And you're like, screw it. I'm going to go spend $1,000 on a computer, $1,200 on a computer. I'm not settling for a $600 computer, even though it would probably work fine. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go all out. And that's basically how I felt Scott Woodward approached this. There was no chance that he was going to take anything less than that. Now, looking back on it, like all the names thrown around, I have a big whiteboard now with a bunch of names on there. And I'm just like, there was no chance he was going to go after like Matt Campbell, I feel like at this point. And so um, I I think it's a great hire because like I said, I think this is Brian Kelly's one shot here. I mean, not to, again, Notre Dame, you have plenty of opportunities, but we saw what happened on those opportunities, right? The, 2012 championship, they get run out, run out the building. Uh, 2018, they get smoked, and 2020, uh, 2020, they lose. Those are all the opportunities that he had to win a college f- uh, championship, and none of them came to fruition. So he looked at LSU as a clear step up as far as recruiting goes, and as far as just opportunity to win goes. And I think that for him, this is this is him going all in, and that should really be exciting to LSU fans. And even though he obviously comes from the Midwest. And like you said, I didn't think there was a chance that he would leave there. It shows how willing he is to change his life, to do something that he's never done in order to win. And that should be really exciting because he checks all the other boxes. He wins, he recruits, he does, he develops NFL talent. I mean, I, I thought this was a home run hire from the out from the outset. And I think a lot of LSU fans agree with us and the terms that they think it's a very good hire as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm all in. I think this is a great hire. I mean, I couldn't, I, I wasn't expecting it, but I couldn't ask for anything more from Scott Woodward and company. Um, Billy, what, what do you think overall of the hire and, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, as a coach? Yeah, I, I spoke with a source who's a a former staffer at Notre Dame and, and coached under Brian Kelly. And I asked him, I was like, what, what was he like to work for? What, what really stands out to him? And uh, the thing that I'm pulling up my notes right now, uh, good dude, which is important, uh, yeah. will hire the right people around him and set a good standard. And we'll have some more notes on this on the board because uh, we had a pretty in-depth discussion. But um, that was a takeaway right there. And then I asked him specifically about recruiting and if you know he thinks that that'll translate really well to Baton Rouge because – everybody kind of knows sometimes the requirements of Notre Dame and, and the academics and, yeah. you know, maybe how hard it is to recruit the South Bend and things like that. Um, and he just said, I think it's a little bit of a combo of them being Notre Dame, that brand, that logo, that image, all of those things. And having to recruit nationally, he can do that really well. And his personality, and this is what uh, another big thing that stood out to me, his personality is such that he can sit down and do well with all types of kids, which I think if you look at how LSU has to recruit Louisiana, number one, and where they've kind of been hurt is not being able to do as well nationally recruiting elite talent to fill spots like offensive line 2022 class is kind of an exception with Will Campbell, Emory Jones being in, in, state, in the state of Louisiana. But you normally would need to go out and find other uh, elite talented players at different positions. And if Brian Kelly can sit there and connect well with all sorts of different people, that's really important when it comes to building a national brand back up with LSU on the recruiting front 
everybody knows the LSU brand, but again, landing those elite talent, uh, elite uh, talents has been kind of an issue nationally. And Brian Kelly having that national recruiting acumen is really something that I think is going to stand out. Uh, and then obviously uh, the connection with Walker Howard, it's the, I think the lone school that Walker's ended up visiting. Uh, that is just really an awesome, awesome uh, piece to this puzzle that Walker Howard's been up there, met with uh, Brian Kelly. If he brings Tommy Reese as an offensive coordinator, that's a plus. You don't make a hire uh, for a, a recruit or for a recruiting class. I'm a big believer of that. But it's just kind of poetic that Walker Howard had gone up there and visited Brian Kelly in Notre Dame. Uh, so it just seems to really check all the boxes. Yeah, I feel like his ability to sell the Notre Dame brand is something that can translate really well to LSU when talking on a national perspective, obviously, because obviously you could sell LSU to Louisiana. You can even sell it to a lot of Texas and maybe even some Florida or whatever, a lot of pieces of the South, but he's going and getting players from all across the country at Notre Dame. And I feel like that's going to help them out. Um, Sonny, like we talked about, there's some concern from some fans about the fit and him being from Northwest. Does that concern you at all from any perspective or no? No, it doesn't really concern me. And, um, you know, I, I think a big reason is that is that at Notre Dame, he had to recruit nationally, like Billy touched on. So he hasn't had, you know, in, in uh, you know, I'm imagining, I don't know how many high schools there are in South Bend. I've been up there, but uh, I don't know the landscape all that well. But I'm imagining that there's not a big, uh, you know, a big pipeline and just a huge hotbed in, in the state of Indiana. And so, as a result of that, he's had to go into a lot of different cultures to recruit kids. And, um, you know, regardless of the academic standards, you're still having to go in and deal with a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different backgrounds, kids in a lot of different places around the country to where the cultures are much different. And so I, I'm not I'm not concerned about that at all. Um you know, I think when you look at his, uh, you know, when you look at his age, some may be worried about that. I mean, look, for someone who's uh, weeks away from hitting 50 myself, I can, you know, uh, my wife would tell you all the time, you know, act like I'm two. You know, she's got three kids here in the house and stuff. So I think age is age is something that is easy to put a finger on because it's something that you can quantify. But it's not, you know, he might be 60. He might, you know, he could be 60, 61 years old. But you know, he might be 40, you know, 45 inside, you know, Nick Saban, no one thinks he's, you know, he's as old as he is as long as he's been doing what he is. So I'm not worried about the age either. It's all about the fire. It's all about the fire that someone has. And by him leaving a, you know, what, what I consider a, a pretty comfortable position in South Bend for him to leave that and to go into the pressure cooker that is the SEC West, he 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 is he is looking forward to he wants the challenge of dethroning Alabama. He wants the challenge of having to run through the you know the gauntlet that the SEC West and the SEC schedule presents, you know, on an annual basis. He wants all of that stuff. People say, well, he's leaving his team at Notre Dame right now. He's walking out on his team. No, he's not walking out on his team. He's walking towards his team. He's walking towards the program that he now represents and that he is now employed by. So I love the hire. I love the resume. I don't need to rehash the resume. I love the resume. And, uh, you know, I love everything about it. In the beginning, I love James Franklin. 
the slide he went on kind of uh, kind of, uh, of of tarnished the view that I had on him. Hey, I love the idea of, you know, the, the thought of Lincoln Riley running the program. Uh, the biggest reason was probably because of, of his age and the longevity that he could have, even though he always, you know, I think he's always had an eye on the NFL. But, I, you know, with Brian Kelly, what I like that that make that eases those concerns is that he always he seems to have a fairly young staff. He's you know very well respected. He can hire good coordinators, and as long as he surrounds himself with with what I consider good young coordinators, then um, you know I, I think you're kind of setting your program up for the future. So I love the hire all the way around. Yeah. Well, Shay, uh, looking back at the recruiting because Billy touched on recruiting a lot when we look at the class from LSU's perspective um, do you feel like it's going to help them keep players in Uh, obviously Eli Ricks I think in the morning said that he was not planning on returning he was staying in the transfer portal and then when you look at it could you even see some Notre Dame uh, commit possibly flipping over to LSU I think it's too early to answer all that and with Walker Howard we know the answer that he already liked Brian Kelly. He likes Tommy Reese. We'll see if Tommy Reese comes. But Notre Dame was the number two team for him. And he said, look, I, I'm waiting to see who LSU hires. And it sort of seemed like if LSU hired someone that he didn't like or LSU hired someone, that guy brought quarterbacks with him, that if Walker didn't go to LSU, it would be Notre Dame. Now that he's probably staying at LSU. And he's already gone on the record and made comments about they'll win national championships with Brian Kelly, all of this. A lot of the other guys, and we've heard it from everyone from Will Campbell to others, are saying, hey, look, everyone's excited about the hire. I just have never met him. I don't know him. So I think it's important that they've gotten him down here. He's flying down on Tuesday. It'll be a press conference on Wednesday. You'll Then immediately this weekend, we'll start to see guys come in on visits, and obviously Brian Kelly will be a part of that. He's going to put together a staff pretty quickly here behind the scenes, and, and we'll see when all of that goes public. But I think we have to wait until then. And, and here's another reason. and I was talking Emory Jones, for instance, this is another kind of can describe it here. A guy like that, you're an offensive lineman. Well, I've heard about the new head coach. I'm from Baton Rouge. It sounds great. But who's my line coach? Is it Brad Davis? Is he bringing someone else with him? Do I need to get a new relationship with that person? So until we know who everyone's position coach is, it's going to be tough to say, oh, don't worry about that guy. No doubt he's locked in. Um, That's still a bit of a waiting game. But the biggest domino you had to drop was the head coach. That's happened now. So once Kelly gets here, once he can start talking to guys and their parents on the phone, we'll start to find more about that. But I think the key piece will be who are these position coaches? How quickly can they get the guys locked in at their position? And then did they bring, you know, if you're a whoever at Notre Dame, if your head coach is leaving and your position coach, do you say, hey, I've got a one-time free transfer. I'm going to go with them or I'm going to go for, you know, transfer into the SEC. We've got – you can think about guys like Logan Diggs at Rummel from a year ago – he went past signing day in December because he'd gotten an LSU offer. And he said, by February, you know what? I'm going to stick. I'm at Notre Dame. That's where I'll go. And he played a lot as a true freshman this year. Well, now his head coach is back in Baton Rouge, an hour from where he's grown up, where all of his family is. So there'll be guys to monitor for sure. And then Notre Dame has the number four class in the country. They recruit nationally. How many of those guys committed to Notre Dame, the school? How many of them committed thinking, I want this position coach or, or whatever it might be? We'll have to monitor all that. We'll do some stories on it. We'll get with Tom Loy up at the Notre Dame site and get his opinion uh, with Wilt Fong, our national 
recruiting analyst of what they think maybe some of these guys will do if they've been diehard Notre Dame, no matter what, uh, or if they might be a candidate to look around. But on the recruiting front, it's for me, beyond Walker Howard, it's still too early to say about anybody because a lot of these guys are going to be meeting Brian Kelly for the first time. Howard obviously has already had the luxury of sitting down in person with him uh, multiple times. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how many, and this will kind of open it up to a degree. Um, so if y'all have anything to say, just go ahead. But um, it's interesting to me because I think it was reported, what was it, uh, Corey Raymond and, and uh, Coach Falk uh, will be returning. I think that was at least a report, a rumor or something like that. And then off that, you get a bunch of fans saying, you know, well, Coach Baker did a good job with linebackers. Um, you know, you go down the list and you're just you're like, I don't know how much they can realistically keep um, with Brian Kelly coming in because obviously the connections that Brian Kelly has are um, impressive themselves. Yeah, I'll, I'll weigh in there real quick uh, because I'm high on Marcus Freeman as defensive coordinator. Notre Dame did not name a head coach, an interim head coach. A lot of people thought that Freeman would be in the mix there. Obviously, people are trying to put together pieces of if Luke Fickle was hired by Notre Dame, would Freeman get offered the job at Cincinnati? We'll have to see how all that goes. But I'm hearing that there's a chance here, and, and maybe it's moving towards a likelihood that Freeman uh, will go down to Baton Rouge and be the D.C. as well. He'd be the highest paid D.C. in the country, uh, is what's being reported, uh, even coming out of South Bend. So uh, I'm getting that from down here. That's coming out of South Bend. So Freeman very much on the table uh, and was also just told that the only person right now beyond Austin Thomas, the GM, who they feel like is going to have be remaining on staff or at least be locked in is Corey Raymond at DB coach. Everybody else right now, I think, is a bit up in the air. You'll want to see how Brian Kelly puts his staff together. But I am told that Kelly is expected. We're recording this in the morning. He's going to land this afternoon that he'll be with family and some coaches that will come down on this flight. So we'll find out here pretty soon, at least a handful of guys who are coming with them and uh, and kind of get to see from there how he builds out his staff. But I would say beyond Austin Thomas and then beyond Corey Raymond, that nothing's a lock right now. And and Mickey Joseph is supposed to, or at least had connections with Nebraska. Go ahead, Billy. Yeah, I was going to say, yep, Mickey Joseph. Uh, finish your sentence really quick. Uh, is is rumored to you know have an opportunity to head back to his alma mater, Nebraska, uh, be the recruiting coordinator, be the wide receivers coach there. As Scott Frost reworks his staff. Uh, two names that at least you know you think might have a little bit of momentum to join Kelly. Uh, just from what we're seeing, and I know one's out there now, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, is reportedly being pursued by LSU uh, to come on down. He's in his second season as Notre Dame's OC. Uh, he's the quarterback's coach. Um, he was a former Irish quarterback. I mean, he's, you know, led them to a BCS national championship game appearance. Uh, he's really uh, one of the bright young coaches that, you know, Sonny mentioned uh, as, as um, you know, Kelly kind of targeted and had on staff. Uh, so I'm interested to see if he's one that does, in fact, um, you know, come on down to to Baton Rouge and join Kelly. There's obviously a lot of trust there because he was promoted pretty quickly through the ranks as he, um, you know, came up. Uh, he went to Northwestern to be a GA, uh, went with the Chargers for for a season and then went back to Notre Dame as the quarterback's coach and then was named the offensive coordinator for this year. So things move quickly for him as as a uh, play caller and a coordinator and. Uh, I would imagine he owes a lot of his early success to uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah. Things are going to continue to move quick. Um, I mean, by the time we recorded that Lincoln Riley podcast, it was 
almost outdated like a day later. So, um, Sonny, I guess you could wrap, wrap us up here. Uh, just we are now from Nick Saban to Les Miles to Ed Orgeron to Brian Kelly. How excited are you about seeing the development of this program and where do you think it can go over the next couple of years um, just in a general sense? Well, I don't think I don't I don't I, I don't think that the program has slid as far as it may look like it has. You know, you look at 11 11 over over the last two years. And don't get me wrong, because one reason that I love the Brian Kelly hire, he's a no nonsense guy, but he's a guy who commands respect. And I think I think that this LSU team over the last two years, you go back, you look at the you look at all of the opt-outs, you look at all of the transfers, you look at all of the academic issues, you look at all of the other, you know, the guys getting suspended for undisclosed reasons that we, you know, we, we can all speculate on what those reasons were. When you lump all of that stuff in together, I think they're I don't think that there is a culture problem. I think there are some problems in the culture. And so I don't think he has to totally revamp things. I don't think he has to come in and reinvent the wheel. But I do think that this program and this team that you've got over the last couple of years, we've seen too many. We've seen what I consider too many instances where guys were playing for the three letters that represent Sundays instead of the three letters on their chest, which are LSU. And I think Brian Kelly, the type of person he is, the demeanor that he carries, the, the respect that he commands, he's going to figure out who those guys are very quickly. And they're either going to get on his path or they're going to find another path to the transfer portal. And I think you're going to see – you're going to see some attitudes start to shift. And I think that's going to be a direct result of, uh, of Brian Kelly's character and the way that he wants his team to be. And so from that standpoint, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing how he's going to be able to, um, you know, kind of shape up some of the disciplinarian problems that we've seen over the last couple of years. And even before that, you know, it wasn't like it was just with Ed Orgeron. I mean, things kind of, you know, Les Miles was completely different from Nick Saban. Ed Orgeron, completely different from both of those guys, although closer to probably Les Miles when it comes to, I guess, how he is. But I think Brian Kelly is going to be more of that uh, of that Nick Saban and, uh, you know, have more of that attitude. And so from that standpoint, uh, I'm excited about the prospects of what he's going to do that's going to be able to help them kind of turn things around. Yeah, I think the Nick Saban parallel is very interesting. I mean, also a guy who came from Michigan State from that uh, Midwest region and comes down no nonsense, like you said. I mean, a lot of the stuff we've heard about Brian Kelly is, you know, he's not the he's the opposite of Ed Orgeron to a degree, right? He's not the come in here and, um, you know, all loose and uh, having fun and everything like that. He's um, on the graphics that LSU posted, he was frowning and I think in all three pictures and it was just like, all right. Let's, let's get to it, Brian. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we got, unless anybody has anything else to chip in. But uh, we appreciate you all for listening on the Go 24-7 podcast. Again, if you're listening on podcasts, uh, share it, uh, follow, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. We appreciate you all for joining us. We have a lot 
and I do mean a lot of content on go247.com right now. So check out our site. If you're not a VIP, uh, feel free to take uh, take advantage of, I believe we're doing a one month for a dollar offer still. Um, we have that that deal going, and we have a lot of free content up there as well. Uh, everything you need to know about Brian Kelly, the new coach of LSU football. So we thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.